Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from the gospel of St. John. Our sermon is going to be based on verses 23 to 27 of chapter 14, which are printed in your worship guide, which are going to show up on the screen behind me. But I'm going to back it up a few verses to verse 15 as we kind of get into the context of our sermon lesson for this morning. This takes place on Monday, Thursday at the Last Supper. Jesus is there with his disciples. He's telling them he's going to go. He's going to go back into heaven but he promises them the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this to his disciples and you. If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the father and you are in me And I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourselves to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear, they are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have taught. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Who has the greatest influence on you? Think back throughout your life or maybe presently, which person in your life has had the greatest influence on you? Now, I know this kind of sounds like a, maybe a cheesy essay prompt or something like that, but it, it's worth thinking about. So I'm actually going to give you time to do that right now. 15 seconds to think of the top three most influential people in your life. Are you ready? Get set.
I think that's 15 seconds. Who is your most influential person or, or who cracked the top three? I bet for a lot of us, we thought of our parents, our mom, our dad, maybe our spouse or a friend that, that we've really known for a long time, maybe a, a brother or a sister. Maybe for a lot of us, it's, it's someone we're close with at work, a boss, a mentor. Maybe it's a, it's a special relative, a, a grandfather or a grandmother. But can I stop you guys? Because while I'm really interested to know who you thought of as your top three on your list, I want to I stop us all there because there is one person who has influenced you the most. And it's the same person for all of us. You know who has influenced you more than anybody else throughout your life? It's you. You have. I mean, think about it this way. It might sound funny that you are your biggest influence, but who talks to you the most? It's you. From the time we wake up in the morning, we are engaged in a consistent, ongoing conversation with ourselves. Conversation, well, it has an impact. It has an influence on the things that you do, the things that you say, and the way you think. Maybe you wake up in the morning, the first thing you think of is, why am I so tired? That's you talking to yourself. Maybe the first thing you think on a Sunday morning is, yes, today's Sunday, I get to go to church. And then you head into your closet and you think, well, what should I wear? You know, did I wear this yesterday? And what are they going to think if I wear a blue shirt or a white shirt? We have this ongoing conversation with ourselves that, that influences our lives in a significant way. And it's not just about what we're going to have for breakfast in the morning. It's about big things too. You're talking to yourself when you think through whether you should take that job or not, whether you should go on another date or not, whether you should move or not. You're having this conversation about your, about your life to yourself, and you're influencing your life. When you think through why it is you, you got so mad when a friend or a coworker said that thing, when you think through what you're going to do for your day and maybe run through your agenda, you are talking to yourself. And when we think through who has the greatest influence on us, well, it comes down to who talks to us the most. And without a doubt, it's you. Now, you probably thought when I was setting you up for the one person that's had the greatest influence on you, you're like, surely this pastor is going to say Jesus. Of course, we're at church, and who has the greatest influence? Jesus, right? Well, if you, if you thought Jesus or write him down on your top three— existentially, eternally, spiritually, yeah, you're right. He does have a great influence on you. But let's go with this theory that, that you are your greatest influence because you talk to yourself as often as you do. And now let's think how that affects our relationship with Jesus. When you experience good times and bad, what conversation are you having about your relationship with God? 
are the conversations that you have with yourself in your head, do they fill you with love, joy, faith, and peace? Or do they fill you with fear, envy, anxiety, and worry? Do the conversations that you have inside of your head influence you in such a way that they draw you closer to the promises that God has given to you? Or has that not really come up in conversation since maybe the last time you were in church? Think about the conversations you have. Are they spiritual conversations? Are they spiritful or are they prideful? Are they conversations that are centered on Christ? Or do literally all of the conversations that you have in your head center on you? Do the conversations that we have that have a huge influence on our lives, do they focus us on how oh, we're a victim of our circumstances? or how we are victors in Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has saved you by his death and resurrection. You are undoubtedly your greatest influence. And sadly, the conversations that we have often don't influence us in a godly way. And that's why Jesus promised Pentecost. That's why Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. You heard it when we read our confession of of faith and our confession of our sins. What's the very first thing Jesus did when he rose from the dead? My peace I leave with you. The Holy Spirit, he's coming. What's the very first thing Jesus did the night before in our gospel lesson for today? My peace I leave with you. My spirit's coming. Because think about that. If, if we are our biggest influences in the way that well, we talk to ourselves more than anybody else, what would it look like if our greatest influence, that voice in our head, was influenced by the Spirit? The Spirit of your God. What would that do for your fears? What would that do for your worries and your uncertainties? What would it do to the areas of your life where, where you've been really successful? What would it do to the areas of your life where you, you just don't feel like you're enough? What would the Spirit's influence do in the conversations you have instead of maybe driving you to fruits of the flesh like envy and jealousy and anger and pride? What, what would it look like if the Spirit influenced the conversations you had with, well, the fruits of the Spirit, more peace, more love, more joy, more patience, more kindness. I think it's safe to say that we would all love to be influenced more by the Holy Spirit. And so now the question is, how do we get that? How do we get that Spirit in our hearts and in our lives? Well, John chapter 14 tells us just that. And what we're going to do this morning is we are going to look at this. We're going to look at two pictures to help us understand how it is that the Holy Spirit 
influences. What does he actually do? What does that look like? After that, we're going to look at just the one way, the one thing he uses to influence you. And after all this talk of influence, we're going to finally look at this. Is, is his influence effective or, or what does it bring about in our lives? So that's what we're going to look at this morning as we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit, his outpouring in a special way on Pentecost to all believers. We're going to look at that, the Holy Spirit's influence in your life. And, and first, what does that look like? What does he use and, and what effect does it have? Remember our sermon lesson for today from John chapter 14. It, it came the night before Jesus was crucified and died for the sins of the whole world. It's on Monday, Thursday. And I backed up and I read just a little bit more before we got into our verse, because if you look in your Bible, there's a lot of red ink beginning in chapter 14. The red ink means Jesus is talking in some Bibles. And it goes on that way for John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17. Jesus is talking a lot. He is giving a lot of good news and words of comfort and and final teaching to his disciples. And yet what you see in these chapters is, is very, very infrequent dialogue from the disciples. But what you do see, what you do see reveals hearts that aren't at rest. What you do see is evidence of some dialogue going on in the disciples' heads that they're being influenced in in not the way Jesus wanted them to. We see questions come up, questions like, Jesus, I know you said you're the way, but can you really just show us the way? Jesus, I, I hear you say you're the Father, but can you just show us the Father? And then, in our lesson for today, as he talks about showing them the Father and all that they have in the Father, in him, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, says, well, why, why don't you just show us that? Why, don't you sh- why do you sh- not show the whole world that? And we get our lesson for today about how Jesus specifically is going to answer that question. He's going to influence you with the Holy Spirit. And here's the first way, the first way that he does influence you. Take a look at verse 26. Jesus promises this. He says, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I said to you. If you're following along in in your Bibles, you might notice that advocate isn't there. In fact, a lot of different Bible translations translate that word differently. The NIV translation, New International Version that I just read to you, translates it advocate. But I grew up with the NIV 84 that translates it as counselor. And if you read the American Standard Version, it translates it as helper. And if you grew up with the King James Version, that word gets translated as comforter. So which is it? Well, the truth is that it's all of those. There isn't one great English word that captures the way that the Holy Spirit inspired John to describe himself. The word there is parakletos, which is really a compound word. It comes from the word para, which means away from, and the word kaleto, which means to call. So you put them together and what do you have? Well, the Holy Spirit is someone who calls to others, who calls them away from things. And now you start thinking through all of the ways that we 
talk to and call to ourselves, and you're starting to get how the Holy Spirit works. When our influence, the voice inside of our head moves us towards sadness, towards hopelessness, despair. When our, our influence of our feelings moves us towards sadness and disappointment, what the Holy Spirit does is call to you, calls to me. And he actually calls us away from those things And he calls us to the joy that we have in Christ, to the hope, the eternal hope that we have in heaven. And so in that way, yes, the Holy Spirit, he's a comforter. What happens when you and I experience temptations, temptations to do wrong things, and the voice inside our head justifies it and says, well, it'll probably be okay this this one time. The Holy Spirit calls. He calls to you and says, no, don't, no, don't. Don't do that. And in that way, he serves as a counselor. He serves as a guide. When you and I do those things that we should not do, when we ignore the voice of our influence of the Holy Spirit and sin and realize our guilt and our shame, and the voice inside of our head says, you're a fool, you're dumb, I can't believe you messed that up. No, the Holy Spirit calls you away from that. He calls you away from that and he says, now actually you are forgiven. You are a redeemed, blood-bought son and daughter of God. And that way, in kind of a legal sense, he, he serves as our advocate. When we condemn and convict ourselves, he points out that you have been declared not guilty through the life and death of Jesus. What the Holy Spirit does at the bottom line as a parakletos is this. He calls us away from our thoughts and he calls us to God's thoughts, his words and his promises. And that way we can kind of think of the Holy Spirit like Sophie's dad. This past Memorial Monday, I was thinking a lot about the Holy Spirit as I watched Sophie and her dad. I was at our community, our neighborhood pool, and I was sitting in the shallow end just watching my boys, but I couldn't help but also watch Sophie and her dad. Her dad was this really big guy, and Sophie was this really little girl. And even though she stood at about two and a half feet, Sophie was fearless. Sophie was a wild child who, even though she stood under three feet, she kept trying to walk into the three feet of water. And so her dad would call out to her, Sophie, no, don't, don't go there. When she tried to walk under these like buckets of water that fill up and dump out and all the big th- kids think it's great because you can run under them and get splashed, but Sophie would get crushed under the water. No, Sophie's dad was right there, not only to call out after her, but to grab her and pick her up. When Sophie tried to go down backwards down the green frog slide and slipped and fell off and it looked like she was gonna bump her head, you know, Sophie's dad was right there to catch her and, and hold her and let her know that it would be okay. When Sophie tried to walk through these water jets that squirt up and it surely would have squirted her in her face, Sophie's dad called her away from there, wherever she went. And in a way, that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. 
He's with you. He's with you. He knows you by name. He's given to you through the waters of your baptism and the word that you read. And he calls you away. He calls you away from things that will crush you, whether that's guilt or grief. He calls you away from drowning in our own pride and selfishness. And he calls you to something better. He calls you to the eternal life that you have in Christ Jesus. And another way that the Holy Spirit and Sophie's dad are alike is he goes everywhere with you. Did you catch that? How God and Jesus described here the gift of the Holy Spirit. In verse 23, Jesus replied in this way. He says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Look at just that first sentence. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Those are things that that only Christians can do who have received the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of faith to love Jesus and to love his word. That's the Holy Spirit. And what is Jesus saying? He's saying, you love me, disciples. Remember the context here. They want to know, how, how can we see you? How, how is it that you're going to reveal yourself to us and, and not the whole world? What does Jesus say? Look, you know me. You love me. You know my commands. You love my commands. Here's what's going to happen. I am going to come. Me and the Father will come to you and make our home with you. Jesus is saying, you don't have to clean house on your own. I'm just going to come over and it's going to be okay. You don't have to climb a mountain to find God. I'm going to come to you. And I'm going to make my home with you. I will be with you. Always. And that might sound a little odd to Christians. Because we think that we're going to see Jesus and God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the triune, when we get to heaven, right? We think that our our life is kind of this journey. We talk about faith journeys. And even even scripture talks about this life being one of the race, right? We think when we we run it to the very end, when we cross the finish line and, and we go to heaven, there we'll be with God in his presence. We forget that he's with us. Sometimes we think that, well, we're running and if we take a wrong path, he'll not be there. We think we need to run this race of life and if we don't run the right way or run fast enough, he's not going to be there by our side cheering us on. It's easy to think that, well, Jesus saved us and yes, he gets all the glory and credit and Heaven's awesome, and that's where we're going to get to be with him forever. And everything in between, we're just kind of on our own trying to make it. But don't be fooled by that influence. Jesus says, I'm with you always. I'm not going to come to you someday. I'm not going to come to you when you get far enough along in the race. I'm not going to come to you just in heaven. No, 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 no. You love me? You know my teachings? You obey my teachings? Okay. My father loves you, and will come to you and make our home with you. Jesus doubles down on this truth throughout Scripture, promising that he is with you 
to the very end of the age. How can you picture the influence of the Holy Spirit? Well, think of it in this way. He's with you always. And how many of you ever heard it said that you are the result, you are the outcome of the five people that you spend the majority of your time with? popular motivational speaker from the 90s is credited with saying that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And people wondered, if, is that true? Are you really the outcome of the people that are, that are there in your lives? And so Harvard researched this and they said, yes, that actually 95% of your failings in life and your successes in life can be attributed to the people that you spend the most time with. And you think about that. Think about the people who are the top three influences in your life. But then you also think about this. The Holy Spirit is with you always. He is with you more than anybody else beside you. And he's not leaving. Preaching on this text, Martin Luther described Christians as little cottages, little cottages that that God comes to and stays. That he stays because he likes staying there and he loves you. And he's with you always. How can you think about the way that the Holy Spirit influences you? Well, he influences you like a really good dad who follows you and calls you away from bad things. He influences you in the way that, well, you're a house and he loves staying in you. And he's not leaving. He's going to influence you. And how? Well, that leads us to our second point. How is it that, that the Holy Spirit influences you? Because you think through all of the ways that you can be influenced. The Holy Spirit doesn't influence you with his power. He has a lot of power, But that's not how the Holy Spirit influences you. He doesn't say, do this or else. You can be influenced by guilt. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that, though. He doesn't say, you know what? You messed up last time, so don't do that again. No, he doesn't do it that way. He doesn't do it with beauty. He doesn't doesn't paint a better picture of possibilities and say, look, if you just get in line, you, you could be like this doesn't do that. He doesn't do it through empty self-esteem pep talks. He doesn't influence you by saying, come on, you can do it. Believe in yourself. Doesn't influence you that way. He doesn't influence you with scarcity and say, hurry up, you only got so much time left. Hurry up, the deal's gonna go away. It's a powerful influencer, but he doesn't do it that way. How does he influence? Well, Jesus said this at the very, very beginning of our lesson, verse 24. He says, these words, these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will spend in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything everything that I have said to you. You think about what influences you. You wrote down who influences you. We often talk about there being a lot of voices that 
that compete for our attention and, and those voices influence you. It influences us from, from little things. We joked about the voice in our head influencing what we wear and, and what we eat. But the voices that speak to us, the words that we read and we process and we analyze and we have dialogue about in our own minds, it influences the way we think about the world. We read stories about violence globally and even here at home. And we talk to ourselves about what that means for our children. We look out at the world and, and we see the way things are going morally, sexually, and, and we wonder, what, what does that mean for me and my friends? You look at the way things politically get divided and the way topics that, that weren't so tense to talk about in times past are, are now very divisive. And we have this dialogue in our head about these words, about things we hear. Well, it's really no different the way the Holy Spirit influences you as well. He uses words. And in fact, the same way that the disciples would be influenced by Jesus through his teaching, through his words, not miracles, not great signs and wonders, but the things he taught him, that is the way the Holy Spirit influences you too. He, he uses words, he uses God's word, and he uses it to teach you everything that Jesus spoke. I wish we could. I wish we could take time to, to cover and summarize all of that, but we can't. So let's just look at John's gospel, which we're in. And let's look at just a few statements that Jesus made. He said, I'm the bread of life. He said, here's some words to influence you. You talk about scarcity, you know, come to me. You'll, you'll always have enough. You'll never, you'll never be looking, wanting, or hungry. I am the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. You worry about influences of, of darkness and evil? No, I am the light of the world. I am the gate and the good shepherd. Jesus says, I am the only way in to safety and security, and I'm the only way out to green pastures where I walk all besides you, leading you beside still waters. I am always with you, giving you what you need. I am the resurrection and the life. What are your fears? What voices talk to you about things that worry you? I've overcome death. And I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live. I am the vine. Jesus says, you are the branches. You remain in me. I will remain in you. Apart from me, you can't do anything. But, but with me, you can do anything. Jesus says, I am with you. He teaches you Everything through these words and what the Holy Spirit does, how the Holy Spirit influences you is by reminding you of these things. You wonder, where, where can I get this influence? Where, where can I find it? It's a question that God's word answers for us. Unmistakably, 
and clearly. The Holy Spirit influences you through his words, and it's always there. You think about the word influence, you know it has quite the history. It's actually really interesting if you geek out and read through the dictionaries online about this, but the word influence comes from a Latin word, influencia, which actually comes from the first idea, first time it was used when, when people kind of observed the stars and, and wondered what effect that had on people. And they, they couldn't really tell or couldn't really see the way it influenced seasons, but that's where the word comes from, influencia. And it gave way to the word we use for influenza. And we can't really tell how it is that germs and sicknesses were spread. And so it was, well, influence. That's what took place. Kind of this mystery. Don't know where it comes from. But the influence of the Holy Spirit is is not something there's any question about. You know where it comes from. Jesus has ascended into heaven, but that does not mean that his victory march has ceased. It continues to this day through the words of God, through the Holy Spirit's influence to you. And as a result, you never have to wonder or worry about where to get it. So what effect does this have on you? talking and thinking about influence, I couldn't help but look up the top influencers or the most followed influencers on the internet. And purposefully thinking about how the Holy Spirit influences me, I wanted to know how other influences and influencers influence me. So I looked I looked up the top 20 male influencers on social media. And then I checked out their websites. And I checked out their social media profiles. You know what I felt? Looking through these, I never felt that I was fit enough. I never felt as though I was fun enough. I never felt as though I made enough money. I never felt as though I went on enough vacations. I never felt as though I was funny enough, that's for sure. Looking at all of these influencers, I was really left with one thing, restlessness and this feeling that I got to do something. I got to do something to be enough, to be more. That's not the effect that the Holy Spirit has on you. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Jesus finishes his promise of the Holy Spirit with this way. He says, peace, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus does not give like this world gives. Jesus does not give in any of the ways that the world gives. Jesus doesn't influence with guilt or scarcity or fear. No, Jesus influences through the Holy Spirit who gives you peace. The peace knowing that you are right with God and all your sins are forgiven. The peace that comes knowing that you will never be alone Ever. The peace that comes that despite your circumstances, you have joy eternal, and all these things you're experiencing right now, they are far outweighed 
by the good things that are waiting for you in Christ Jesus. Peace that comes from knowing that right now, you are loved by your Savior as much as you will ever be loved, and it is unending. There isn't anything you can do to get loved more, and there isn't anything foolish you can do to get loved left. Your Jesus loves you. Be at peace. Do not be afraid. Jesus didn't say, I'm I'm giving you my peace in this way, so you got to do this. No, he said, here it is. I'm leaving it. My peace, I leave with you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. That is the effect of the Holy Spirit's influence on your life and mine. It comes from him calling us away from thoughts that are ours and not very good. It's an influence that comes because he is with us all the time. He speaks to you through his word. May God grant you that peace now and forever. Amen.